Hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and we are here with, I guess, my former co-worker now, uh, Doug Shaw of Forthright Ministries, the Peach Guy. The Peach Guy. So, Doug, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be back. You got, you've, I say the Peach Guy because today, if you're listening to this as we record it, I'll be actually be uploading this later today. Um, this is the last day to buy peaches for me. It is the to last pre-order. day. Yes, to pre-order. But so, we'll have peaches August 30th and 31st. All right, so tell people who have no idea what I'm talking about, what are we talking about? So for every year for about 15 years, we have brought in Colorado peaches. Actually, it might be 20 years. Brought in Colorado peaches to the state line area. And these peaches are the best peaches you will ever have. Nature makes them that way. They grow on the western slope of Colorado. So during the day, the sun heats up all the sugars. They bounce around. At night, it gets really cool, so they cool off. The sugars stop moving. It's arid there, so they control how much water they get. So you get the juiciest peach with the most flavor. Okay, so you can order that. What's the website? You Peaches go to Rock? peachesrock.com. Yep. Okay. Or you can show up at our, in Jamesville, on the what, 30th and 31st? 30th and 31st, yep, okay. from 5 to or from nine to five every day. So. Now I'm not a peach person. Oh, you'll love these ones. I'm more of a, like a cheeseburger person. <laughs> um, but my family really did enjoy. We bought peaches for me the first time, um, and this year, and my kids love them. So they have my kids sample. They are amazing, and you got to bring a towel because they nod <laughs> over your face. So. And this all goes toward your ministry. Yes, it does. So talk to, talk to us about Forth, uh, Forthright Ministries. So Forthright Ministries started out as a ministry of helps. I had traveled around, seen a lot of ministries around the world, and you know just realized there was a, I would go to New York and see how a church does something, and I'd come back to Wisconsin, and somebody would say, oh, I need to do this. And I'd say, no, I'd already seen how somebody does it. Yeah. And so I was able to bring those ideas back and, and say, no, this this might work for you, this might not, I don't know. And, uh, you know, we'd come in and, and a lot of people would look at me like, you're young, how do you have these ideas? It's, no, it's I didn't come up with it. I learned it from somebody yeah, older than me. you don't look me. very smart. No, I didn't. I just, you know. <laughs> but, you know, that's I was talking with somebody the other day, I said, I've had the awesome opportunity of meeting all these pastors who are much older than me over the years, and I've learned from them. So... I may not be a pastor for many years, but I've had the opportunity to learn from guys who have pastored mm-hmm. for many years. And so we would come back with these ideas, and then I realized, well, leadership training was something some people needed help with. And so we do a lot of leadership training, especially overseas. And then um, the other thing was helping with marketing, which mm-hmm. you and I have worked together on some yeah. different projects and, and doing the marketing for those. And, it, you know, it's big. And for a ministry to do marketing... On average, a marketing person costs fifty to seventy-five dollars an hour. So, for what we do is we come in and do it for free, and we offer that service for free. And you know, we try to make up with it through things like the peach sale and stuff like that. And candles. And candles, yes. Now, do you sell candles year-round, or is that? The yeah, we sell candles okay. year-round, and we've got certain candles that you know, obviously, Christmas is a good yeah. candle season, and things like that. So, where do we find the candles at? Candles, same thing. Go to forthrightministries.com, and they're there. Okay, so. You have traveled literally across the world. You've been in Africa. You've been in uh, Costa Rica. You've been in India, right? India, yeah. Um, and so I think that really gives you, as you were kind of saying, a really unique perspective of how God's working across the world. Because we tend to be very, uh, at least from my perspective, I don't know what's going on in the rest of the world. I, I look at the lens of my little church um, and my denomination and how we've done things. 
and kind of forgetting that the body of Christ is much, much greater, much, much larger. It's always funny because, especially for me, I grew up in a church that had set rules, and that's how church was. Yeah. You wore certain clothes to church, you right. did these certain things, you stood up, sit down, all this stuff. Then I started traveling, and I realized you can't put God in a box. Like, we really tried to. And even in our own, even for me, like, sometimes I see stuff, and I say, oh, that shouldn't happen. And then I go somewhere, and I see God is moving amazingly among somebody. Yeah. I'm like, um, okay, that's outside of what I thought was supposed to be correct. Right. Um, in, in South Africa, it's hot. People wear shorts while they preach. What? Yeah, you, you can't wear shorts while you preach. But yet you go to India... And they wear, you know, uh, a white button-up shirt because all pastors wear white in mm -hmm. India. So if you're in, in town and you see somebody in white, they're either a government official or they're a pastor, which I don't know that those two usually yeah. go together. <laughs> yeah. But um, you can tell anybody's a clergy member or a government official because they will wear a white shirt. When you preach in India, you can't wear shoes. So we, the strangest wow. thing is to preach barefoot the whole entire time. But you can't wear shorts in India. You have to wear pants. So it's just cool to see how these things shift from place yeah. to place. This this church here has all the lights and sound. This church doesn't even have walls. Yeah. You know, it, and it's just cool to see how God still moves in all these different scenarios. And sometimes we sit back and go, okay, wait, maybe God doesn't fit in the box we right. thought he should fit in. Now, we're not talking necessarily doctrinally. Not we, doctrinally, we, no. we, we We do have some core doctrines. I mean, we can have different yep. kinds of things. There are some core doctrines we, we need to have. Uh, the gospel, of course, being number one. Um, but, yeah, it is amazing to see how... Um, I, I'm, I'm more the traditional guy. I don't like a lot of lights in my service. I don't want a fog machine. Um, I, I, I like opening up a hymnal. But uh, there are churches that don't have hymnals that God is working through. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> if you put a... If you take away the hymnals, God goes away. Somehow he's connected to hymnals in some churches. And so, okay. But uh -oh. hey, if that's the culture of your church, that's the culture. Yeah. And I think that's the big thing, and I think we've talked about this before, but the culture is different for every church. Right. And it's it doesn't mean right or wrong necessarily until you get into, okay, does it line up with Scripture? Yeah. But culture changes. Every church has its own culture, and that's, that's what's kind of fun. If I come to you and you say, hey, I'm looking for a church that fits into this and this, I say, oh, I know a church that has that culture. Yeah, yeah. I can tie you into them. So, so that kind of leads us into the project you're working on now, which is really exciting, and you're trying to raise money for it, which is why we're here doing this today. Um, so tell us about the Alpha Project. So last year we went to India, as we were talking about earlier, and we ended up traveling deep into the mountains and the jungles of India, which I didn't know where we were going. I just knew we were told to be careful because they had killed Christians in this area before, and we were kind of putting ourselves yeah. at risk. And they said, no, we're going to go hang out with these people. They're called the Sora people. They're a tribal group in India. And then, okay, this will be neat. So I got online. I started trying to learn about them, and I learned all this stuff that they kidnap wives from other tribal groups and things like, you know, all this neat stuff. Then I was like, okay, cool. And then we get up there and we're hanging out with these guys for a week and I realized they're nothing like what National Geographic is telling me mm -hmm. they're like. And I'm sitting there going, somebody needs to tell their story. Like nobody's telling the story of Christian tribal people around the yeah. world really. And, and so we're hanging out with them and I was just blown away by the culture. They still, all their farming is done the old way. Um, it, and it's just, it, the culture is the same. They, one of the issues they had was they had no worship music in their own language. So they had to go in and teach them worship music and create worship music for these people. And so as we were there... No, no hymnals, oh, no. Okay. 
And and it's some of the music I recorded some of his music and the voices are just amazing because they have these tribal ways of singing. Yeah. And it's things you would never hear. Like I, there was one I thought it was a cartoon out in the audience and it's not it's a lady who's been trained to sing in a way that sounds like huh. a, like a Mickey Mouse almost. Yeah. But it's it's a good thing for right. them. Like it's like, "Oh, wow." And so we're sitting there and I'm spending a week with these people and one day I looked to the tour guide and I said or our guide that was with us and I said I got a question. These people that are here, I said, how long have they had electricity and things like that? Because they would only have one light in the whole entire town. And he said, no, they only met the modern world 25 years ago. Oh, wow. I said, 25, he said, yeah, 25 years ago, they didn't know running water. They didn't know electricity. Hmm. They don't, like, cell phones for them are still flip phones. Yeah. Because they're not worried about technology. And so we're talking about, I said, wow, this is really neat. Well, then I realized they were looking at me different again. And I said, okay. They keep looking at me strange. I say, have they ever seen a white guy before? And he said, no, for many of these people, you're the first white man that they've ever met. I mean, we drove four hours into the jungle one day to get to one of these tribal groups. And it was just, it was awesome to be over there. And I said, okay, somebody's got to tell the story. So we came back and I started talking with some friends of mine. And um, I said, I want to do this project. I want to get into documenting their testimonies. And so I'm, I'm doing the research and I'm looking into things. And I said, okay, what does the Bible say about your, your testimony? Like, what's, what's the Bible? And I come to Revelation. Revelation, I think it's Revelation 12, says that Satan was overcome by the word of their testimony yeah. and the blood of the Lamb. And I thought, wow, that is amazing. Your testimony has the power to overcome Satan. Yeah. And we have these people all around the world that are, are, are doing these things and we don't know what's going on. Like you said, yeah. you, what do you know about the church in India except right. for what somebody tells you? And the missionary comes with a 12-hour slideshow. Yeah. You know, and, and so I said, okay, we got to go out and document these things. So we started raising funds, and we got, we got the, some of the cameras together and stuff. And I, I wasn't completely happy, and I started doing some research. And I ended up, the one uh, photography camera I had that said, no, it's great for filming. So I started using that. And... Um, we just started looking and all of a sudden this guy came to our church one day and he said, you know, I think God's going to give you a heart for the Native American people. And I said, you know, it's interesting because I keep thinking about tribal people all around the world, yeah. you know, Mexico and there's, there's amazing tribal groups down there and Costa Rica and Asia and all these places. And I never even thought about tribal people in the States. Yeah. And so I said, okay, I'm going to go see the tribal people in America. So we started researching, and I was online trying to find Christian churches on tribal land, and I couldn't find anything. Hmm. And I was getting kind of nervous. I'm like, this is never going to happen. And it ended up being, I was going through my Facebook friends list one day, and I saw some friends of mine lived in Bemidji, Minnesota. And I'd been there before, and up to the, the Red Lake Reservation that's up there. And so I called them up, and I said, do you guys have any connections with the reservation? Does your church or anything like that? And they said, well, we'll check. And they called me back or sent me an email back. And they said, yeah, our church has a connection. We have a church plant on the res. If you want to go and contact the pastor, go ahead. So I contacted the pastor. Uh, his name is Maynard Lavalie, an awesome man of God. And I, I called him up. I, I sat on his phone number for two weeks because I was yeah. just scared. He was going to go, you're, you're goofy. Why would you want to <laughs> come do this? And I finally called him. And he says, yeah, come on up whenever you want. And I'm going, okay, this is weird. He goes, no, we've always been told that our our, our ministry here, that this, this ministry and everything here is going to be a starting block for many ministries. And he goes, so come on up here and do what you want to do. Hmm. And so this summer we traveled all the way up there to Red Lake, Minnesota, 
and spent a week with Native American people up there and just got to hear their testimonies and things and it was just it was mind-boggling what what the stories they had so we we did a series of testimonies with some of the guys who were Ojibwe and then we actually met a guy who was Cherokee also Hmm. and so that was really neat too and now we have an open door to go see him in Nebraska wow so you know what fascinates me about this is I, I think back to the Old Testament of Elijah who at one point in his ministry is discouraged and he thinks I'm the only one I'm the only one serving the Lord, and you know Jezebel's out to get me, and this is, and and God kind of reminds Elijah, no, there are many more who have not bowed the knee to Baal mm-hmm. yet. And when I when I listen to what you're saying, sometimes in we talk about, and I don't necessarily think it's right, but we talk about persecution we face in our countries, like oh, as Christians we're, um, we're we're getting persecuted by the government and you know we can't bake cakes or whatever you know and yeah um it just seems like okay we've got this really negative connotation like oh well and i don't we there's not enough of us to make a difference but i think that the value of a documentary you're working on is there are many more christians out there we have never met the body of christ is much stronger than we could even fathom yeah if we just knew it was even out there exactly so that that's and, and that's what yeah. part of this heartbeat of this ministry is, is being able to go out and say, one, these videos can be used as training for anybody who wants to go into the mission field. Yeah. So, okay, I, like one of the things that was neat was as we were talking to these Native American guys and we we're sitting around talking with them, and every one of them, without me ever asking, would say, if, if the white man wants to come and minister to us, the first thing they have to do is become part of us. They have to earn our trust. Yeah. They have to build the relationship before they even come. He says, because so many people have come, and all the guys said it. It was really neat because all of them said it in their own words. But they said so many times people from outside of the reservation have come and tried to give us things and tried to do things, yeah. and, and they, they don't stick to it. They're, they're only here for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, and then they pack up and leave. And he said the first thing anybody does who comes to our people is they have to build a relationship and prove that they're committed. Yeah. He said, before they even open their mouth about the gospel, that's what they have to do. Right. And I was like, wow, that is so cool because who knows that? You know, and it, unless you go and talk to them, you would never know that that yeah. was what they're saying. And they just all said it. And I was like, wow, neat. And their stories, though, their stories were so mm-hmm. amazing. The testimonies that came, and they're hungry for God. Yeah. And, and, you know, the one guy was telling us only 4% of Native Americans are claimed to be Christian. Wow. They, he says, well, he was telling me there's a, a missionary, and I can't remember who he said it was, but a missionary used to say that Christian missionaries from America will fly over the greatest mission field to go yeah. to India or things like that. And it's, it's true. And so by going out and reaching these people and hearing their story and coming back and saying, this is going on, this is the power of God, this is the things he's doing, and, and we're not alone. And, right. and there's people just a couple hours drive from us mm-hmm. that are hungry for God, you know. Now, is there a danger? You talked about cultural and cultural adaptation. You know, we're not there to make sure, let's give them a hymnal. <laughs> let's give them a shirt and a tie and uh, civilize these, these wild people. And then they can become Christians like us. Right. And that was one of the cool things because, you know, as a Christian, we always look at the beads and things like that of Native Americans. Yeah. Oh, they're spiritual. You know, you can't hang this or you can't have that. And he says, no, that's part of our culture. Yeah. That's our culture that has nothing to do with spirituality. If you want to wear a beaded choker or something like that, 
He said it has nothing to do with with spirituality. If you want to do that kind of stuff, then we we're not against it. There's certain things we're against. They have these um, these they call what do they call bathhouses and things that they can okay. go sit in. And he's like, you know, obviously we we discourage that because that's directly linked to spirituality among the native sure. beliefs. But that was just it. He says we're not trying to rebuild anybody's culture. Yeah, it's we're rebuilding their faith in God that right. they can find the same. And so we, we even talked, I said, one of the questions we always get asked is, is the Native American God the same as the God of the Bible? Because that's something people always come up with. Well, they serve the great spirit and, you know, they're actually yeah. saying it's God. He says, no, they're two different gods. Read through their identities. Their identities are very right. different. So it's, it's very interesting uh, to hear him talk, like this pastor was talking about, the culture versus the spirituality is two different yeah. things. So we are not just reaching out um, to evangelize, but, we're, but what you're doing is you're looking, you're seeing what's already there, how God's yeah. already working. Uh, let me ask you this, because you're, you're raising money for this. What are the specific needs that you, that you have? What are we raising money for? Right now, the, the main thing that we're trying to raise money for is a vehicle. Um, my car is a 2004 pile of rust. Hmm. And like right now I have this open invitation to go to Nebraska. I don't know if it would even make it to yeah. go. Um, and so we're, we're kind of in that situation. We definitely need a vehicle. And so we're, we're looking, we've done a lot of research to find one that's still good on gas and, and everything. And so we've got, you know, we're looking at a, at a RAV4. We think we know exactly which one we're looking at because it, it's got all the options. One of the things I realized is once you get to reservations, the roads are not what you think they are. Yeah. They can be gravel roads. They can be dirt roads. They can be mud. They can be, you know, whatever. So we have to keep that in mind with a vehicle that can handle all the different terrains, but still good on gas. Okay. And because I don't want to just dump money into a vehicle and right. then spend all my money on fuel. And so we've looked at some different things. And then the other thing is we need two professional video cameras. Right now I'm using my Canon SLR. It's a great camera, but it only allows me to film for like 30 minutes and it breaks it up into segments. And so it's, it, editing becomes a little choppy here yeah. and there. So what we're looking for is two cameras that run full HD that we can actually film. And they run a couple thousand dollars a piece. But that would allow us to to get a couple different angles for each interview and, and it's really neat. And um, anybody who's looking for more information, they can go to our website, forthrightministries.com. And there we have a list of what we're actually looking for. Um, there, right now we have a Kickstarter project going. Okay. And um, it's interesting. I, I, I've dabbled with Kickstarter once or twice. And the other day I was sitting at home and it just, it just go try it again. So I went and launched it and we're you know, trying to raise money through Kickstarter. Um, Kickstarter's cool if people give into it. And we don't reach our goal, they get their money back. Okay. So that's one of the nice things with Kickstarter yeah. is you pledge X number of dollars. And if at the end of our, our day, I think I look right now, we're at 22 days left. If we don't hit our goal, you get your money back. So that's one of, there's a safety net there. Um, but it is just, it's really neat to see the way things have happened. And you can go on our website. We already have a picture of what the car is going to look like hmm. um, once we put the badging on it and everything like that so so what are you hoping the final product is going to look like once all the the filming is done the traveling's over so what we're doing right now is we're putting together four different videos for about four different videos from what we learned yeah. the first video is going to be an overview of testimonies of different people from these different tribal groups 
And some of these testimonies, I mean, it was hard. We're filming these testimonies and people are telling you, we sat with this lady all week and she, we had long conversations with her and we finally got into her testimony. She kept kind of dodging what made her become a Christian. And like, I would ask her, you know, and she'd do these like, well, and then she would go off on a little tail and come back mm -hmm. to already she was a Christian. And so finally I talked to her and I said, well, what really happened? And she says, no, when I was um, 16 years old, I was playing with a rifle and I accidentally shot and killed my brother who was eight years old. Oh. Now that's a testimony. You can go through that and still find God and, and serve him too. I mean, not just, and, and some of the testimonies, I mean, I don't know what your listening group, but some of them were, were very um, R-rated testimonies. Mm -hmm because of the things that people had been through and they still found their way to God. So sharing those testimonies is the one video of, of that. The second video that we're doing right now is we're working on legacy films where we go to some of these pastors who have been ministers for many years and we're interviewing them and people around them so that their story is there on, and documented. So if they pass away or anything like that, their story's there and it's recorded. And that was something that was just important to me. I've known a few um, very prominent pastors and they passed away and nobody really ever told their story mm. and I'm thinking wow and so by going out and doing that first with these tribal groups it, it's doing that and then we have these behind the scenes kind of clips that are, are more in depth of what the testimonies are so you you know like with these podcasts you have to go back and edit out all sorts of stuff right. and fit it in a time. All the profanity Doug's been using yes. the entire time. It, it, it just, it's just weird gaps in this whole thing <laughs> yeah um so then we go back and and we do these full like little snippets but with their the individual stories yeah. and so it's just it's neat because we're able to put these projects together um right now we're just looking to put them on youtube eventually we'd like to create a whole like dvd type yeah. setup or something like that um one of the issues that we're running into is uh, i didn't even think monetarily like we're making no money off of this yeah. project it's not like we're going out and like oh we're gonna make millions off of these projects no there's no, there's no goal for monetary anything at this point, which is partly why we have to raise the support right. for the car and everything like that, because we don't have it. It's, it's not like we're making money and millions. and um, it, The idea is to get it out there so other people can find it. If you yeah. go on now and you Google Ojibwe tribal people, Red Lake, you might find our video on testimonies. And, and imagine you know somebody who's not even looking for that finds it, and they're like, wow you know they stumble across it yeah but like i said it's it's going to be great colleges are going to be able to use it mission-minded colleges who are trying to send missionaries out to different places they could get a, a head start by seeing what's already going on yeah. in those areas and some of these areas don't have christian missionaries you know they don't have them so it's not like you could go oh joe what was it like being a missionary to this tribal group well nobody's done it yeah. so and that's the interesting thing every every reservation is different the reservation we were at um, is very much against American anything. They 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 see Americans as uh, the white man as the ones who came in and and overthrew and the native. for good reason. Yeah. yeah, and so they they have that. Now the other one, just a couple, I think it's about a hundred miles away. They love everything American. They do mm -hmm. Fourth of July. They do Christopher Columbus. They celebrate all of it. Wow. And so it, it's really interesting. All the different reservations kind of have a different take on it and how does it work, and and so. It's going to be neat because we're going to be able to document those differences and really show what's going on. So somebody who wants to go in the mission field can find it. Sunday schools could could show it. You know, Sunday school, you're doing a history lesson here. What is going on with the Ojibwe people? Well, here's what's going on with the Ojibwe. 
Um, so it's going to be neat that we can open these doors up and people can use them as, and, and my thing from the beginning, and this is why we didn't start right away was like, I have really nice footage from when I went to India, but I filmed it all with my hand on, on a video camera and a cell phone yeah. and it was choppy and, and it doesn't look good. And my thing has been, it may not be perfect, but I want it done in excellence. Right. And so that's part of why we need these video cameras is because I don't want to put something together that's not excellent. Yeah. I want it to, we're telling people's story, and your story is very important, and I want it to be... You don't want the medium to get in the way of the message. Right. And, and I don't want somebody going, oh, look how bad the film is. But yeah, the guy, I think he had something good to say in there. Another stupid Christian film. Yeah, yeah. exactly. All right, give us a website once more. Go to www.forthrightministries.com. All right. That's it. You thought I was interrupting you. No, you didn't interrupt. Okay. I'm used to interrupting people because I like to talk. But anyway. All right. So, Doug, thanks for, for joining us again. Hope you'll check that out. It'll That website will be, that link to the website will be on our website. So don't forget to check ours out at www.basicbiblepodcast.org and on Twitter at Basic Biblecast, Instagram, the same thing. So, Doug, I hope you'll come back when, when the project is finished and uh, we'll talk more about that then. And uh, you can... Come out, hang out with us anytime. Sounds good. You have to come by when Ray's around sometime. Sounds very we'll good. We'll get into our a whole bunch of we'll get a theological thing. <laughs> really mess with each other. <laughs> All right, that's what we love to do here. All right, so anyway, uh, until next week, have a great rest of your week.